running back busts and breakouts of the year. Oh my Man, gosh. there's a lot of guys I'm excited to talk about on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Let's actually just dive straight into it. Welcome to the Fantasyland Football Podcast. Hello. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. It is Thursday, the 14th of January, if you are listening. Maybe you're listening a couple of days after. Regardless, welcome into the Fantasyland Football Podcast. This is Zach, that's Badaki. In very unrelated fantasy football news, James Harden... Is officially Brooklyn, a Brooklyn, a Brooklyn, a Brooklyn, a Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn net. Uh, after a lot of rumors throughout this entire year, uh, shout out, a lot shout of people out to my said, hometown, you know, a lot of people said the nets, honestly, they yes, don't have the facilities for that. I don't think you have the facilities for that, big man. And you know who does, though? Yeah, Brooklyn. Well, apparently they do. But, Two, three, four, seven Street. Come see me on my block between third and fourth. Come on, <laughs> call the number. Are you a Nets fan? Nah, um, my family has been a huge Knicks fan growing up. Okay, but ne- obviously Nets was always in Jersey, but th- right. they build uh, Barclays Center literally probably like six blocks away from where my, like I guess where my family lives, right? And like where I grew up, so. It was a pretty big moment for Brooklyn when that happened because obviously Jay Z and he he's like Massive. the owner. Of that. I I remember I remember I yeah, I think everyone was a Brooklyn fan that year. Yeah, uh, there's been talks. Some people, uh, some someone said this in a group chat of ours actually. Could this just be history repeating itself when Brooklyn traded everything away for Kevin Garnett <clears throat> and Paul Pierce, and they just now got out of everything they owed in that trade. If this doesn't work out, they have just given up their next decade for James Harden. I Look, don't know. It's going to be the talent's there, but I'm not sure yeah. that these guys can work together in cohesion. We'll see. That's the big question, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not really. Look, I'm not a huge basketball fan. I don't really follow basketball like you know, like you do. But it's clear that they want to. They want to win. They want to win now, and they believe that you know having Harden, KD, and Kyrie. Yeah. You know, they think that that's the winning, the winning trio. So hopefully they we'll can see. win. We'll see. And we don't want to talk basketball anymore. But last thing I will say, you know, any basketball fans out there, maybe. Could you imagine LeBron and KD in the finals? If LeBron, he's almost cementing his legacy right then as debatably tied greatest. You know, there's there's a big conversation there. Let's not get into it. But anyway... Let's talk about football. That's what you're here for. You're here to talk (laughs) about fantasy football or just NFL. Okay, let's talk about some news. What is going on here? All right, what is going on around the National Football League? This is Mm -hmm. your need to know news. Uh, We talked about this on the last podcast, but the Deshaun Watson rumors are heating up. Lots of teams coming out uh, as rumors all over the place. You got San Francisco, you got Miami, you got Chicago. I wish I could say you got Washington, but I haven't heard of any talks. 
There's right. a lot of teams uh, who are look like looking like they're in the mix. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want a talent like Deshaun Watson? He is a come right now, we are going to win some games type of player. We've seen it even in this terrible year that he had. He still was a top, what, top five, top six quarterback. Yeah. So it's incredible what he can do with the losing team. Just imagine what he can do with the winning team and talent around him. Totally. He just needs to find the right place. If If he ends up getting traded... It's a huge step for his yeah. career. And let's be clear, uh, because there were some comments on our Instagram about this. Um, Deshaun Watson had nothing in Houston this year. <laughs> okay. Look at the numbers he put up individually, and they are amazing considering what he had. Let yeah. me remind you, David Johnson, just watch him play this year. If you watched him play this year, you know. He's nothing like the old David Johnson. Will right. Fuller as your wide receiver one. Is he a good player? Yes. But for him to put up the numbers he did, uh, my gosh. The, there's just no... I, I won't take any disrespect of Deshaun Watson. He's without a doubt a top five quarterback, top three quarterback in this league. I don't know who you want to start a franchise with other than Patrick Mahomes over Deshaun Watson. Um, I mean, I would rather have Deshaun than Lamar. I would rather have Deshaun. Maybe Josh Allen is the only other guy. Right, right now. Uh, right now, right now, right now, right now. Okay, I, I mean, I I can definitely, I can definitely see it. I think there's obviously other talent. um, Yeah, out there, you know, Deshaun. He he's he's amazing with his his arm and amazing with his legs. So. You know he yep. has a he has a double edged sword. It's good. It's good for Deshaun. It's just I, I want to see him go somewhere else. I really do. I I do as well. I really want to see him get out of Houston. Um, from what we've heard, Miami players are not sold on Tua. What's mm-hmm. happening there? Uh, it's just a lot of rumors right now. No names have been yeah. said. Just a lot of reports saying that Miami players just aren't sold. There's been conversations circling around players. Um, you know, either it's true rumors or false rumors, but. It's interesting because yeah. if if you have players like that saying that they're not backing up the future of your franchise, essentially, that's yeah. pretty that's pretty big. Especially to obviously, you know, mm. uh, there's a lot of ups and downs with Tua. You know, I think we both kind of see it the same way, but I think they need to give him one more year. I think if yeah, exactly, you know, yeah, exactly. That's you know that's the reality here. As you know, I don't think um, we. We loved what we saw out of Tua in year one. You can say he won a lot of games, and that's true. But what did you see in those games that you loved from him other than ball security and not right. turning the ball over? So I you know, I still think this year this year is really going to determine what the future looks like for him. There's still a lot of time to prove. Yeah, there's a lot of expectations on quarterback coming in, into the NFL tons now way too much uh there is people justin herbert came onto the scene and absolutely shattered records okay and he did something amazing this year as a rookie and that's what i think the nfl is basing their quarterback uh i guess first year status on now 
If this yeah. rookie can, can do it, why isn't my rookie doing this? You know, and yeah. two, obviously, he doesn't have the same pieces, doesn't have the same talent around him. But Justin Herbert, yeah. Joe Burrows was doing something special before he got hurt. You know, mm-hmm. uh, who who's another rookie quarterback that that was out there? Well, obviously, there weren't too many this year. Yeah, obviously Jalen Hurts. He was doing. He did something special the first game, but we and he didn't really do anything special the rest of, the, you know. Yeah. Along the way, no, you're right. There's a lot more expected from rookie quarterbacks. Speaking of Jalen Hurts in the Eagles, uh, reports come out Doug Peterson was prepared to move forward with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback one, but owner Jeffrey Lurie was not ready to make that commitment. Maybe had a big part in the reason he was let go. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of talks, you know, obviously on ESPN. I think it was ESPN first take. They were talking about different reporters saying that. Um, Jeffrey Lohr essentially got rid of Doug Peterson because he because he yeah. wanted to be with Carson Wentz for the rest of the season. He didn't want to move on to to, to, to Jalen Hurts, right? Uh, so and they, they they just didn't see eye to eye on that. So maybe that's a, there's a lot of rumors. Obviously, if the owner and the true. coach don't see eye to eye, then that's typically a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Speaking of some more head coaches, Urban Myers, there's rumors that the Chargers are showing serious interest in Urban, uh, and the Jags could have some serious competition. If you're Urban Myers, maybe if the Chargers are interested in you, you've already got a solidified, hopefully what we believe is a future star in Justin Herbert. Mm. Maybe the piece is already there. You've got Nick, uh, you got Joey Bosa on the other side. You've got Derwin James on the other side some really good defensive pieces. Uh, you could get a guy like Kyle Pitts in the draft. You still have a good draft pick. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe that is the smarter move for Urban. But then again, if you do go Jags and you build it from the ground up, that's a legacy. That's a 100% yeah. a legacy. So Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely see um, what goes on there. But Robert Sala interviewed with the Eagles as well. Uh, left the building. Or sorry, left the Jets building without a deal. He interviewed with the Jets. Now there's yeah. talks that he's going to be interviewing with the Eagles. So we'll see about that. And then also Matthew Stafford. There's a lot of different people talking about Matthew Stafford and what he should be yeah. doing. You know, he may want to consider getting traded out or trying to leave mm-hmm. this organization because this organization is another place that has wasted an amazing talent in Matthew Stafford. I believe yeah. they didn't bring, obviously they got Kenny G, you know, they had, he had, they haven't had a running back for a long time. They thought carry on Johnson was a guy. He wasn't, I mean, yeah. I, I get him out. Yeah. I think at this point he probably would prefer to play for an organization that's not in a rebuild mode. Mm-hmm. Some, franchises i can think of i wouldn't hate to see him in washington i wouldn't hate to see him in indianapolis mm-hmm. you know you talked about that a little bit yeah uh, a lot of people there's been talks that are, a lot of people would have liked to have seen matthew stafford play in that colts versus bills game wild card game and they believe that matthew stafford was on that team and leading that team they would have been the colts i mean the bills yeah. It's an interesting so, take, and I I don't I don't think uh, I mean you know we don't know what would have happened right, but there right. would have been 
yeah, it would have been interesting to see. All right, lots is going to happen in the offseason, guys. And the easiest way to keep up with all things NFL and fantasy football is to follow us on our social media accounts. You can follow us on Instagram at FantasylandFootball. You can follow us on Twitter, which is at Fantasyland underscore FB. And something that we're just now doing is we're starting a Facebook page, a Facebook group, rather. Mm-hmm. We have a page, but the Facebook group is actually going to be an opportunity for you to uh, be more part of our community, you know, have more discussions, ask people questions who are in our community, get some feedback from each other, uh, talk about breaking news. Uh, is two of, is two of the right guy? Is he the real deal? You know, these, these type of conversations we can have. This is a trade you were offered in fantasy. What do you guys think? What does the community think? It's your opportunity to be a part of it like that. Uh, so definitely something to look out for. And of course you can watch the show on YouTube if you'd like. It's uh, all these links are in any of our social bio on the link tree. So easiest way to keep up with everything is to follow us on our social medias. So we're last week we did our first bust and breakouts of the year. It was the quarterback edition. Right. And that was great. A lot of people loved that. That was awesome to see. We are now doing the running back room, the running oh back group for this year. Bust and breakouts of the years running back edition. So let's quickly talk about it. You know why people are jumping on this bandwagon? Okay. You know why? I started this thing, Stephen. I started it last year. This kid is ridiculous. I honestly forgot about that drop completely. <laughs> and then when I heard it, I was like, oh, wait, we, we made a whole drop for this segment. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. I, I love that drop. This kid is ridiculous. Okay. We're talking running backs. Mm-hmm. And to start the bust and breakouts, we're going to start with some good news. Okay. Right. We're talking breakout running backs of the year. Who's the first guy on the list? Monty. His name is David mm. Montgomery. And mm-hmm. what a year for, for Monty, you know? Oh, yeah. He, he, let me just tell you some stats really fast before we get into the real nitty gritty of what you know I believe about Monty and what he's going to go. So his ADP average draft position, he was a running back 28 going into the draft last year, uh, which kind of averaged out to the mid fifth round. And he finished back running. He finishes running back four. Okay. In the season. According to ESPN. Yeah. According to ESPN. So uh, once again, I'm going to give you some more stats. He had 247 carries. Okay. That rounds up the whole year. He rushed Mm -hmm. for 1,700 yards. Or so, sorry, a thousand seventy yards, right? And he also had fifty four receptions. That's big. Which, yeah, that's big. That's actually that actually that is fourth in running backs. Wow, he finished fourth in reception in running backs, which is which is huge. Obviously, if you play PPR, you know if that's really great. He had a total of ten touchdowns, eight on the ground, two in the air, which is all right. I mean. Yeah. He just hit he just hit the double digit mark for the touchdowns. But look, Monty Monty didn't really have the greatest start of the season. No, not at all. You know, everyone was talking about him. They were talking about how he wasn't doing too well. You know, we thought that Monty was going to be a bust. He started off looking like he was a bust in in the beginning of the season. Oh yeah. And then Yeah, I mean, up until what? what it was the bye week, wasn't it? Week 11. Yeah, it Exactly. After week eleven, he was an absolute baller. But before that, you weren't necessarily thrilled to have started him. <laughs> nah, he he wasn't that guy 
And obviously that a lot of thing, like obviously after week 11, his schedule kind of eased up. Yeah. Uh, a lot of teams were giving up a lot of points to running backs. He had the best schedule, I'm pretty sure, for a running back in the second half of the season. Yeah. Which really helped him become running back full. We saw him. He was breaking out for 20, 30 plus yard runs going. He was going deep, bro. Yeah. No, he he absolutely balled out from week 12 onwards. You know, that ADP, the running back 28th overall, that had a big part to play. If you if you remember properly before drafts, he just picked up an injury right before the drafts, the Mm. fantasy drafts. And that pushed him back around a round or so. You know, he was really going running back 20 in that range. Uh, So that had a big part to play in that. But still, to be he was still drafted running back 28 overall, mid fifth round to finish as the RB4. That means his proper value would have been to pick him with your fourth overall pick, (laughs) you know, in the in the top six type type picks, and and that that's crazy the value that he returned. Obviously, you didn't, you know, if you drafted him, you weren't actually happy. You probably traded him away. So whoever has Monty and was happy with him probably traded for him after the bye week or rode him into the playoffs. Let's talk about next year though, because to me. I would love to be wrong. This kind of feels like it's going to be a trap for me. I think people yeah. are going to draft him earlier than this year. Obviously, he could go in the second, third round type vibe. And I'm not sure that he's going to be putting up numbers like that. I don't know. I'm just I'm just not sold on him being my RB1 or RB maybe RB2 going into next year's drafts. I, I'm personally thinking that his ADP is going to be a little too high to invest into him next year in drafts. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I would still take him around mid fifth, maybe a little bit lower six. You know, I'm I'm definitely I'm not Monty's not somebody I'm going to be reaching for. Monty is somebody that like, oh, I hope people overlook him. Yeah. You know, oh my, oh Monty's still there and and like at the end of the fifth, oh let me take him. Let me take him right now on this turn. You know? Yeah. So like that, that's how I, I completely agree. I don't with think you. that's happening though. I don't no, think that's I don't, happening. I don't think that's going to happen either. I think he would definitely go higher. But, you, I mean, it all depends, you know. Like, I think a lot of it kind of falls on who's going to be the quarterback next year and, you know, what's going to happen with Allen Robinson. Are they going to change their offense? Tyreek. Uh, one thing one thing we can't underlook is Tyreek Cohen. Which that's I what I'm saying. Might, I was about yeah. to say that. Tyreek yeah, Cohen's going to come back. He signed a, a contract last year, and maybe some of that reception work goes to Tariq Cohen next year. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, I think one you're right. Those receptions, fifty four receptions, is definitely going to drop. Yeah, I think it was fifty four out of something ridiculous. It was fifty four out of like sixty, yeah. or sorry, yeah. seventy nine. I, I forgot what it was, but yeah, yeah, look, I definitely agree with you. I think a more realistic finish for Monty next year is probably just top twelve, maybe maybe eleven, twelve, thirteen. That's why I think in top twenty year. feels real comfy for me for David Montgomery, a top okay. twenty running back, and I. And I know that might seem harsh, but this doesn't seem like an off season where the Bears are going to improve heavily on the offensive side. It feels like they, if anything, might get a little bit worse. I don't think Allen Robinson's staying. I think he's gone. And the running, or the quarterback situation isn't really solidified. Personally, I think RB20, you know, 15 to 20 is a safer spot, I feel, next year as a prediction than anything in the top 10. As much as we can say David Montgomery was a breakout, this next guy, in my opinion, 
is probably the breakout of the year. That's James Robinson went from absolutely undrafted in every fantasy football draft to finishing as the running back seven on the year. And honestly, he could have finished much higher if he was able to play through that injury in the last couple of games. James Robinson is a name we absolutely will be talking about this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. Look, James Robinson, like you said, finish finish running back seven overall. He was absolutely incredible this year. He had 240 carries, 1,070 yards rushing, 49 receptions. Okay? That's is, big. Which is not terrible. He's seventh uh, among running backs in receptions, which is not bad. And he has 10 touchdowns, seven, in the, seven on the on the ground, three in the air, which is, once again, not terrible. It's really great for someone like James Robinson to be undrafted, okay, number one. Yeah. And his talent is just incredible. He's super explosive. Yeah. He's strong. The yards after the catch was was great. You know, he, he, yeah. had, he had a lot of screens. He's a great pass catching back. I mean, they need to be utilizing him. And I know that they are the Jags are excited to have someone oh, yeah. as talented as James Robinson just coming out of nowhere. Absolutely. What a find for them in the in the NFL draft last year. And with Trevor Lawrence coming in, come on, it's it's pinned in, let's be honest. Right. And with with Ink at this point, with Trevor Lawrence coming in to this team, I really believe that this is his ceiling next year again. I think he could have a year like this again. I don't hate the idea of drafting him in the first round let's say late first beginning of the second type uh pick for me i'm super happy to draft him there with maybe one of the biggest generational prospects in trevor lawrence coming into the fold how are you going to give him confidence make sure that the that you can run the ball that will give him confidence to open up the field so I really, really like James Robinson next year. I, you know, I, as as much as I don't like David Montgomery next year, the reasons I like James Robinson are the reasons I don't like David Montgomery next year. The offense is getting better. There's a, a future quarterback hopefully coming in that's going to set the tone. Right. He will still be the guy um, in the air to catch the patch- passes out of the backfield. I still am happy to draft him in the second round this year. Let. Are you taking James Robinson over Monty? Yes, hundred percent. Okay. Are you going to take James Robinson over someone like uh, an Aaron Jones? Well, we don't know where Aaron Jones will be, so it's way too hard to say. If he, if he stays in Green Bay, I think I think a realistic guy to talk about right now is what about like a Joe Mixon? Really unknown of what his year will be like next year. I would much rather have James Robinson than Joe Mixon on my team next year. Right. I think I think for me the reason why I won't I wouldn't compare James Robinson to Joe Mixon is because it's just it's clear that James Robinson is more talented than Joe Mixon. I believe. Potentially. I but believe. I mean I, I think we didn't really get to see Joe Mixon with Joe Burrow. You know, so You're right. So I mean, there, there's going to be a lot of guys to talk about. There's going to this first round next year, second round next year is going to be just stacked with people that we believe are talented, and we'll see how it's actually going to pan out. So where are you comfortable taking Robinson? Then I'm thinking 
second round like you you know i'm i'm second to third round i i see him going as my i'm happy to have him as my rb2 you know if i have yeah. first if i have first pick let's say i have first pick i take cmc i'd come on the turn and james robinson is still there i'm taking james robinson yeah you know? i have a feeling he's not going to be there but yeah yeah it, it, it just really all depends but I mean, there's so many people in question. You know, a lot of people fall. Are you are you taking Zeke over James Robinson? Are, are James Robinson over Zeke? You know, like he's in question now as well. You know, yeah. No, it's it's a it's a really good question, and I I don't know the answer just yet to that one. I think a lot of that de- it depends on how Dak's recovery goes, and if Dak is on the Cowboys next year. By the way, he still needs to sign a contract. But you look at Zeke's numbers when Dak was the quarterback, they actually aren't terrible numbers. The only thing that really worries me, he's actually pretty good, 20 points a game. That that kind of is standard. The only thing that worries me with Zeke is the Tony Pollard situation. Are they going to try and get Tony Pollard more involved? Because he showed that he's very talented this year. I think I would lean James Robinson, personally. Okay. You know where I see... Sorry, this is so random. But you know where I see Tony Pollard really shining or spreading his wings i think it's in atlanta that sounds so weird but random but i think that tony pollard (laughs) can do something in atlanta get todd out of there julio calvin justin fields with a a a a strong back behind him that's i don't hate it i just i just don't he's got a couple more years left on that rookie contract so yeah I don't think they would. I don't think the Cowboys would trade away a guy who doesn't cost them anything right now, who's talented. Yeah. So, you're you're right though. All right, Jonathan Taylor is the next guy on this list. JT again, similar to David Montgomery, really started rocky. I mean, as soon as Marlon Mack got injured, people were saying Jonathan Taylor top ten running back every week, and unfortunately, he didn't do that really until. Well, until it mattered, until the fantasy playoffs, <laughs> uh, and a little bit more, more uh, before the fantasy playoffs. Right. But unfortunately, if you had him from let's say week four to week twelve, you got the worst of Jonathan Taylor. And if you had Jonathan Taylor from week thirteen all up until the fantasy playoffs finished, you were pretty happy. He definitely yeah. had a breakout end of the year. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor was really interesting for all of us. Uh, I mean, we saw him come into this league and we were in question. You know, the Colts picked him up. There was Marlon Mack um, in front of him. What was going to happen? Marlon Mack got hurt. He was out for the rest of the season, which was crazy because it opened up for Jonathan Taylor. And then Jonathan Taylor was was not the starting guy in the beginning of the season. Right. Okay. Look, Jonathan Taylor, if the stats for, for the year, 232 carries, 1,100... Uh, 1,169 yards on the ground. That's shocking to me, by the way. I did not think he put up that many yards. Yeah, I, I didn't think so either. He was 30. He has 36 receptions, 19 among running backs, which wasn't the best. But he he told he had a total of 12 touchdowns, 11 on the ground, one in the air, and it's just really interesting. JT for me is somebody that is really iffy going into next season, and and I've been talking about it. he was iffy for me going into the season. Okay, mm. and I was iffy about him purely because of Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack did incredible the right. year before. He was a surprise. He was, I mean, 
I was gonna say, was he the James Robinson of last year? No, because he wasn't undrafted. He he was definitely drafted. No. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. He he he. There he was just, no James Robinson last year. Right. I, I don't I don't think so. I guess in fantasy, not the running back. Fantasy position. related, like we weren't expecting Marlon Mack to do had such a good year the year that yeah. he, he had. But anyways, I yeah. think that's my concern. My concern is 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 JT gonna be the starting guy moving forward? Okay. These are the questions that yes. I'm asking myself before I draft him. Uh, is he, he gonna be. be the guy? Uh, going moving forward what's going to happen with Marlon Mack and if Marlon Mack stays where am I taking JT is JT worth grabbing is it going to be a running back by committee like these are all these questions that I'm asking myself and that's why I'm hesitant about him going into next year okay okay well he was the 20th running back selected in drafts this this last year he did finish as the sixth running back overall Obviously, returned great value, especially if you dra- if you traded for him midway through the year. So the question is: next year, does he finish as a top ten running back? I don't think he finishes as a top six running back like he did this year. There's a lot of great running backs missing. Right? Does he finish as a top ten running back? And I feel more comfortable if you were to say top twelve. Does he finish as a top twelve running back? I feel more comfortable about that. And I would rather say he's in the top 12 conversation than a guy like David Montgomery. And personally, I don't think Marlon Mack stays. I don't think he stays. Uh, I don't think they spend more money on a running back when they have a guy like Jonathan Taylor now. And it showed through that last half of the year that they built a lot of trust with Jonathan Taylor. Right. Here's a situation that I want to talk about quickly just to put a little warning, a little asterisk on Jonathan Taylor's name. Two very, very different organizations. But let's not forget how we talked about Miles Sanders last year, right? Had an amazing finish to his rookie season. And a lot of you drafted him with the 10th to 12th pick overall in the draft in the first round. Obviously, spoiler, he's on this show and he's not in the breakout (laughs) category. Right. All I'm saying is I'm just being a little bit wary to draft him any earlier than the third round, personally. I I don't know that I want to draft him any earlier than the third round just because I'm not sold that he's 100% going to be um, able to, to do this again next year. I think I'm happy with him as my RB2. Let's say you go RB1 in the first round and he's, he's you know, into the second he's there. I'm happy to have him as my RB2, but I don't know that I want to rely on him as my RB1 next year. Yeah, and I think that's my question. You know, I've we've seen a lot of people reach for JT. You know, I, I remember when Sam took JT in, in, in the third round, we were like, whoa. You know, we were we were skeptical yeah. about it, and we, Sam is somebody in our league that we do our, uh, you know, the fellowship of the fantasy ring with. And he took JT in the third round, which he that's where his, um, you know, average draft position was. But I remember our reaction to that. And that was that was a bit early. It felt it felt too early. Yeah. You know, and I I, I'm seeing him going for me, for me. I'm not excited to take him until early five. Mm Six. I don't what? think he, I don't think Come he'll on. fall there. I don't think he'll fall there. Come on, bro. There's no way he falls there. I no. I no. I I I agree. I don't think he. Are falls you a hater? There. Are you a hater of Jonathan Taylor? No, I'm What's not. I'm on? not a hater. I'm just scared. I don't. I don't want to put my trust. <laughs> I, I don't want to put my trust in in JT. So, 
You know, someone please make a shirt from that in quotations. I'm not a hater. I'm just scared. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It, oh it's my it's true, though. I like, I, I, I think I'll I'll be more comfortable taking JK, um, JK Dobbins over JT. Okay. Well, that's that's interesting. We're, we're going to have a lot to talk about in the offseason. Jonathan Taylor is a big name that's going to be thrown around. And does he have the opportunity to finish as a as a running back five next year? I think he there. the possibility is there. But it's more likely he finishes as a top 12 running back than a top five, in my opinion. All right. The next guy is very near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. I love him. His name is Antonio Gibson. Antonio. Antonio. And wow. To say that he broke out in the second half of the year would be a true statement. Unfortunately, that injury really set him back. But that game on Thanksgiving when he put up three touchdowns against the Cowboys, that's when you saw his upside. That's when you were like, oh, okay. He's got this upside. He was drafted as the 38th overall running back, which was late in the eighth round. And he finished as the RB13. So technically, if you drafted him, you know, in the second round or so, you would have got good value. You're right. Yep. Yeah, I, I believe so. Look, I like Antonio Gibson. I think he he was hindered a lot this year. One by J.D. McKissick and two by his injury. Okay. Yeah. Um he has 795 yards rushing. He had 170 carries. He caught the ball 36 times. He was 20th in receptions, which was, isn't the best. But he totaled for 11 touchdowns, okay? All on the ground. He didn't catch one in the air. It's clear that, at least this year, that J.D. McKissick was their satellite back. You know, they, they, they used him, you know, for screens. They used him for... Um, you know, dump offs and stuff like that, and he just Antonio Gibson wasn't that guy, and there was a lot of talks in in the early in the season, and you were saying Antonio Gibson, he is like a running back wide receiver. They need to be giving him the ball. They need to be utilizing him more. My question to you is: Is that going to happen next year? Is does did Ron did Ron Rivera see what he can do this year? It was like, well, next year is is clear that we're going to give him everything, or does he like yeah. having? JD behind Antonio you know does he like having those two backs and really utilizing them because he had CMC that did everything yeah for sure and I think you know the reality is if you look at CMC's first season did he do everything his first season no he didn't and I'm not gonna sit here and say that Antonio Gibson is CMC because I'm not gonna talk any blasphemy on the show right but I do think that it's very common for a very young, talented running back, we've seen it every year, to not get the full workload until towards the end of his first, beginning of his second year. And I think when you look at weeks um, weeks 7 to 12, and you see the receptions, he's getting anywhere from 5 to 3 to 4 receptions a game. And I really think that he could average 5 three to five receptions a game next year. And I'm I'm really excited to see him. I do think that J.D. McKissick will still have a pretty significant role because he still has another year on that contract. But I'm still really excited to see Antonio Gibson next year. 
And honestly, if Taylor Heineke is a starter, I'm not upset about that. I think, you know, I would like to see what he could do with, hey, give him a full offseason. Maybe he could be that guy. I mean, uh, Terry, Scary Terry even said it. Give me number four. I'm good with number four. So I would be really excited to see what this offense would look like with a quarterback who's competent. Because you have to keep in mind, the quarterback play for Antonio Gibson this whole year has been up and down consistently. Right. Can I remind you that Dwayne Haskins started like almost six to seven games this year and Antonio Gibson finishes a running back 13 somehow? The talent's there. I think they're going to utilize it more next year. Yeah, I think the way he finished this year, it's only up from here. If he does bad, if he does bad next year and he finishes un- outside the top 15, I think there's a little bit of concern going into or like at the end of next season if he finished like I said if he finished outside the top 15 but if he yeah. like uh, like he finished in an area where he can easily improve he can start yeah, every definitely. game he can he will definitely hopefully you know rush for more than 1000 yards uh next year I think he yeah. will I think he'll stay consistent with the touchdowns I would like to see more attempts 170 attempts yeah I mean got to keep in mind he did miss a couple games However, right. he did have a thousand total yards on the ground through and the air. So in if you come air. behind those, he had a right. thousand total yards. I'm excited to see him next year. I think he does have top ten running back upside again. I'm happy to draft him in the second round as a let's see if this is gonna continue. Are you taking Jonathan Taylor over Antonio Gibson? Non biased. I personally uh, unbiasedly I think that there's more safety in Jonathan Taylor. But I think there's more upside in Antonio Gibson. So it's the risk-reward situation. Okay. Out, of, out of these what guys, you, what's your order? Out of all these, so Monty, James. Out of the four, that we, out of the four we just, just yeah. gave? What's your order? James is obviously my first. James Robinson is my, is my first. Mm-hmm. I think it's really blurred lines between two and three with Jonathan Taylor and Antonio Gibson. But I will put Jonathan Taylor two. Antonio Gibson three, and then I think Montgomery is pretty clear fourth for me personally. Okay. I will flip Antonio's number my, my number two and Jonathan Taylor three for me, and then it's the okay. same. Because it's funny because uh, Jonathan Taylor and Antonio Gibson aren't in two completely different worlds. They both have a third down back who takes a lot of receptions. Exactly, Naeem Hines and J.D. McKissick. So. Uh, and also, I, I would like to believe that if we have a, you know, the thing is, J.D. McKissick was so valuable this year because we just really didn't have any quarterback who knew how to throw the football down the field. Mm-hmm. We had a game manager. We had a guy who was a first round bust. And then we had Taylor Heineke who stepped in. When Taylor Heineke played, J.D. McKissick did not get as many receptions as when other quarterbacks played. So if we just have a quarterback who can throw the ball down the field, you might see less value out of a JD McKissick. So anyway, man, it's going to be fun to see what happens next year, but we have come to the busts oh segment boy. of the show. These are our running back busts of the year. We need as many men as you can spare. So call the dogs off. Send the national guard, please. They need emergency help. They coming. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. A lot of these guys you drafted <clears throat> high in the, all these guys you would have drafted either in the first, second, or third round, okay? And most of them did not – well, none of them really returned the value that you drafted them at. I think probably 
without a doubt, pre-draft, there was not more hype for another player other than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Absolutely. The hype was real. And most people drafted him in the first round. Yeah. Unfortunately, you did not get that value back. Proper value would have been in the middle of the fourth for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Seventh running back off the board, finished as a running back 22, Badaki. Yeah, it was really interesting, obviously, from the start of the season. Was it Darrell or Darnell Williams opted out of the season? Oh, Damian Williams. Damian Williams. He opted out um, in the beginning of the season, which has opened all the doors and opportunity for um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this year. And (laughs) we're... I was I was a bit against Clyde in the beginning, wasn't I? I don't remember. I uh, I feel like I was because I don't think I was gonna. I don't think I was confident in taking. It. I remember talking about it with you and just saying like, if I got four, five, six, I'm not taking Clyde. Can't take Clyde. Yeah, it's too early. I don't know what he's gonna do. Yeah, and I think I think where he averages, where he finished this year is kind of where he should have been drafted. You know, if he finishes running yeah. back twenty two. Where where does that kind of even out? You said fourth, fifth, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, look, um, once this again, this is by I'm, the way, we we always talk about a twelve man league perspective. Correct. When we talk about rounds. Correct. But, so, with Clyde, it's a bit interesting because if Damian Williams comes back next year, what's what's Clyde's role? How does that look like? Is Le'Veon yeah. Bell still there? Obviously, Le'Veon Bell. No, nothing really happened. No, it, it was only one year. We doubt he'll stay there, but. There's too many mouths here's, to feed in that backfield. Here's, here's the conclusion I have come to, okay, this year, is as good as this offense is, I'm not sure there's a top 10 upside running back with Patrick Mahomes behind center. The reason being is the Chiefs trust Patty more than anyone else. And if I am the Chiefs owner or if I'm Andy Reid, why am I not putting the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands as many times as I possibly can? You know what I mean? Right. Why am I not trusting maybe the greatest quarterback we have ever seen? So I think, honestly, a lot of it comes down to we have so many weapons that maybe there's not going to be a running back one on this team ever. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think. I don't know either. I think that, you know, I a hundred percent agree with you. I a hundred percent see in your perspective. But Andy Reid has to think about, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he's smart. We get the ball in his hands. He can he makes, you know, great decisions. He his arms is, is incredible. Why not open up the playbook and get somebody that can gain us five, six yards every time behind Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. You know, and obviously sure. Clyde is was that guy? He was incredible in college. He he did everything he needed to to be this guy. Apparently, I think Andy Reid needs to find the perfect running back for for. I still think Pat. Clyde can be this person, though. I still think he can be that perfect running back in this system. I'm just not sure the system requires a running back to do yeah. more that makes him fantasy relevant and. The last thing I will say is I think Clyde could be a guy that slips in drafts that could return more value than where you draft him. You know, I think he could be that kind of person, almost like a David Montgomery of last year. 
could slip a little far in a draft. People aren't so hyped. What about Damian Williams? And he could return some sort of value like that. Our next bust of the year is Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, And guys, you know, some of these picks are purely based off of where you drafted them and what return you got. Okay. Ezekiel Elliott was the third player off the board for the whole draft. He was picked number three in the first round. He finished as the running back nine. Okay. And obviously did not return the value. Let's talk about it though, because when Dak was healthy, Zeke was a really great asset. He did score around 20 points per game. Yeah, he did. When Dak when Dak fell off, when he had the injury, unfortunately, Zeke could not carry this offense. But what happens next year? What's the value of an Ezekiel Elliott next year in drafts? Yeah, it's a bit interesting. I think that you have to stay three, four, five with Zeke. You know, I think that all depends on if Dak Prescott is going to get signed. Uh, it all depends on what's really going to be happening in that in that organization. Look, I, I was a Zeke owner. Zeke was my first round pick this year. And he I drafted him as the foundation, as the pillar of my team. Okay. Uh, foundation. He wasn't that guy. No. Luckily, uh, you know, I had, bro, can I tell you my first three picks really fast? Zeke, Patty, yeah. uh, Kelsey. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. And obviously, if, if Zeke really put up the numbers he did last year, I, it would have been unstoppable. But yeah. look, I think that Zeke. Is he's on the decline. There's a lot of talks that he's not the same. He's injured. A lot of things is happening right now. I I just don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, the big question here is Tony Pollard. What does his role look like next year? Would it eat into Zeke's, uh, you know, carries? Because I think Zeke did lose a little bit, little explosiveness. And I think, honestly, if you're taking him in the top five, then you're making a massive mistake. I don't think you take Zeke any earlier than the very end of the first, personally. So it, that'll be a lot to talk about in the offseason. That would be a lot. That means you're taking a lot of, well, I mean, there's a lot of people. Alvin, Dalvin, Henry, Aaron Jones, not Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. You're taking, mm-hmm. you're taking, obviously, I, I, I agree with what I just said. I'll take all those guys over over Zeke. Yep. Um, Saquon. James Robinson. Saquon, James Robinson. James Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's CMC. seven. Those are seven people. So now then you'll take Zeke. Well, the line is very blurred right now for me, is what I'm trying to say. I don't know exactly where I'm taking him, but it's not as high as most people would maybe potentially see him as. Say no more. All right. The next guy on our list is probably not going to be a starting running back next year. Let's be Let's be pretty honest. Uh, Unfortunately, injuries have derailed his career. He was once the best player in fantasy. Wow. And due to some weak knees, arms of sweaty, mom spaghetti, Todd Gurley (laughs) uh, is our next bust of the year. Drafted as a 15th running back overall, middle of the third round is where you got him. And he finished as a running back 29 and 
other than falling into the end zone a lot this year, he he was not good. He was not efficient. He was not consistent. It it did not look fun to watch him play. I'm not sure he's a starting running back in this league anymore. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree with you. I don't think he's somebody that we should be considering. He is a if he starts next year, round eight, seven, eight as a flex. If you really, really wanted to, even then, there's still a lot of people that are better in that flex position. It's yeah. seven, eight is probably still a bit too early for Todd Gurley right now. But like you said, I don't, I don't see him playing next year. I don't see him being an asset to any team. Uh, I think he can be a great mentor for somebody. I think he can sit behind kind of like what what they're doing with AP. You know, they bought AP as a, you know, let, let, let him sit in the room with these young guys and say, yep. this is what, what, what needs to happen. He's going to be that guy. It sucks because he's still young, bro. He's 26 years old. But yeah, well, the knees really gave out. And unfortunately, that happens when you are the most, you know, abused position in the NFL, the running back position. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. All right. You're not drafting Todd Gurley next year. Let's be honest. Don't do it. Let's talk about Miles Sanders, though. He is the last guy we're going to talk about on the podcast today. Miles Sanders drafted as the 11th overall player late in the first round, finished as a running back 23. Now, obviously, some injuries really played part in that, Padaki, but this was supposed to be his breakout year. This was supposed to be whatever we saw last year towards the end of the year. That's every game for Miles Sanders. Yeah. And from the inconsistency at quarterback to Philadelphia completely imploding on itself, mm-hmm. Miles Sanders did not have a great year when it comes to fantasy football. No, I think this whole Eagles organization didn't have a great year, period. You know, we can, like you said, Carson Wentz. Uh, Zach Ertz, Miles Sanders, these three pillars on this team that we thought are going to be fantasy relevant weren't. Uh, obviously, like you said, Miles Sanders was injured. He had an injury. He he never picked it up in time. I don't think. I don't think they had the opportunity. Yeah. They were down a lot in games. They abandoned. They abandoned the run a lot. There was a lot of great opportunities for him to go against some really bad run defenses. They didn't utilize him when they played Green Bay. What, four points. You kidding me? Like, yeah, maybe it, no, it's true. It, it probably has to deal with a lot of the the play calling. We don't know, but Miles Sanders mm-hmm. is iffy next year. There's a lot yeah. of questions of wh- where do you see him being drafted next year? I see him being drafted where David Montgomery was drafted this year, around that area, around the th- third, fourth, fifth round area, and I think there could be a good return in value there if the right coach comes in. There's only four games you were happy. There's only really two, sorry, three games you're happy starting Miles Sanders this year. Right. That was week two versus LA, week five versus Pittsburgh, and week four, 14, excuse me, versus New Orleans. Other than that, you weren't happy starting him. And I remember Jordan Westfield from our league, uh, he offered me a trade offer for Nick Chubb right when Nick Chubb was coming back from that injury for Miles Sanders. And I just said to him, like, honestly, there's just no way that you could guarantee me that Miles Sanders will be better than Nick Chubb rest of the season. 
Right. Because I think most people expected that. Most people expected he's coming back from the injury. Let's get him more involved. And that's how we have to look at him next year versus every running back. You can't guarantee me that he's going to be better than running back B. You know, enter a running back's name. You can't promise me that. And it could end up returning good value, similar to how, what happened to David Montgomery this year. Right. Look, Miles Sanders is really interesting. There's a lot of people. This is, I think I'll be taking everyone that we've talked about over Miles Sanders besides Todd Gurley um, on bust or bust or breakouts maybe not Clyde Clyde so I'm, you're gonna you, yeah I was gonna say you're gonna take Clyde over yeah, Miles next year maybe not Clyde I think I'll be on the fence with Clyde um yeah. but Miles there's a lot still even a lot a lot of people I'll be taking over over Miles and I would rather have JT over Miles Sanders and I'm hesitant on JT already you know uh there's a lot there's a lot of people we can talk about that I would take over Miles Sanders right now I, I'm I, yeah I'm considering right now Miles Gaskin thinking about Miles Gaskin I could be taking him over Miles Sanders mm. uh this this I think uh, that's a little bit of a reach but I mean it's it's just hard to say what's gonna happen exactly. in the offseason exactly so I, I think, think Antonio Gibson I'm definitely taking over Miles Sanders I am taking Joe Mixon over Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler over Miles Sanders, probably, obviously James Robinson over Miles Sanders, Cam Akers probably over Miles Sanders. What about Raheem? Raheem Mostert, no, just because that backfield is just, it's just hard. The, the, that's my thought process. Happen. You know, I don't know if Miles Sanders. I'm not saying he's not the guy. I don't say I'm not saying he's not talented. It's that organization. I, I think it also depends who's going to be the new head coach yeah. there. Who's yeah. going to be the quarterback? there yeah it a lot of a lot of factors kind of play into it yeah you're right all right guys those are our quarterback oh running back excuse me remix uh the running back bust and breakouts of the year we will be bringing you the wide receiver group next week mm-hmm. wide receiver bust and breakouts of the year what it means for this year coming up how you will draft them and all the goodies that will come. Do not miss our next episode where we talk about the championship games from the playoffs. What we think is going to happen. Any sort of predictions that we think are going to happen. I'm excited for this next one because we're we're going to be so close to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's crazy. One more game, essentially. Uh, or Sorry, mm-hmm. two more weeks, which is essentially one more game after this weekend. But yeah, I'm really yep. excited. I'm really excited, and I'm excited about the wide receivers. I know that probably yep. a little spoiler. JJ could be on there. Which JJ? I don't know. Julio Jones mm. could be both Julio or Justin mm. Jefferson. Mm. A lot of JJs out there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of JJs on the board. Uh, do not miss our next episode. We're going to be talking conference championships and the 2021 NFL draft order. All right, guys. Thanks for joining in. We will see you on the next show. See you there. See you there. Hey. Yeah, you. The one listening to this podcast. You made a good decision today. Keep making those good decisions. You know what? Go ahead and do a little dance right now. Like no one's watching. Because you, you deserve it.